Revival is healthy marriages and healthy families, more than just extended meetings. We, we love when God moves, when services get extended, but there's so many great things happening at this church literally every day. We always want to encourage you to grab a calendar, a bulletin, and plug in where God is leading you to plug in. Amen? Well, today is an exciting day uh, for me personally. We had our uh, Maranatha School of Ministry orientation last night. Uh, school officially begins Monday morning. Uh, we have uh, messengers here from all over the United States, and I'm going to ask them to stand and come down to the front. So would you help me welcome our first class of Maranatha School of Ministry students. Come on, let's stand up and give them a round of applause. They're going to need it. Come on, cheer them on. Well, we are, you guys can be seated. We're, we're so excited uh, to begin uh, this historic, uh, no, no, stay up. No, 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 Jordan, Calvin, come on, come on. No, you're standing up here. Yeah, the whole message. You guys are going to be the altar team now. We're excited to begin tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Again, if you haven't heard, this is a two-year, full-time, five-fold school of ministry from 8 a.m. to noon, Monday to Friday. We've got a great faculty that's been assembled. We are combining academics. Yes, there's class. Yes, you can fail. Yes, there's midterm and final exams. Yes, there's book reports. Uh, this is a Bible training center. Uh, we are going to forge end-time messengers. And we are very excited to incorporate academics and prayer, the Word and the Spirit. Uh, just thrilled to have these uh, folks here. Uh, for those of you asking, uh, we are now opening enrollment for August. If you can get in on this one, uh, if you're here, uh, those that are watching online, but this is our, our first class, and they're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Half of them will be assigned to our Winter Haven campus. Half of them will be assigned here, and then it will rotate each semester. So half of these faces you'll get to see really regularly. Half of them will go to our Winter Haven campus. But what I want you to do is just stretch out your hands toward them. Uh, we just wanted to bless and commission them in the name of the Lord and just receive them as a family. We really don't see Maranatha as something separate from Heart of the Father. Okay, we believe that this school of ministry is an extension of the church family. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless and we commission and we just send forth into the harvest fields, even in this community, these messengers. Lord, we pray for a spirit of truth. And grace, Jesus was full of grace and truth. We just ask that you would bless them with grace and truth. Father, we pray for, Lord, endurance. Lord, as Barry gives them so much homework, Lord, that they cry out for help. God, we pray for endurance in this season. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said amen. amen. Let's give them a round of applause. You guys can be seated. If you would turn in your Bibles, would you turn to Isaiah chapter 56? I'm going to be sharing part two. Uh, part one was last Sunday. The Lord has been giving me a word for 2019 called the year of the watchman. And I began to unpack last Sunday uh, from a biblical perspective what it meant to be a watchman. I referenced the ministry of Ezekiel and kind of expanded from there. I want to just do a little bit of review. If you were not here, if you were here, uh, just bear with me a few moments. And then I want to talk about what the Lord has really been speaking to me uh, just even this week about a season of war that the body of Christ is entering into. 
a season of war. I, I had read a quote last week by Rick Joyner, uh, who's a personal friend, a father in my life, and he said this to me recently, and it really stuck with me. I think sometimes it uh, can be important, necessary to share with people before you minister where you're, where you're coming from, what's been stirring in you. And Rick said to me, if it's a time for peace and we are seeking war, then we're in rebellion. But in the same manner, if it's a time for war and we seek peace, then we're guilty of treason. If it's a time of peace and we seek war, we're in rebellion. But if we're in a time of war and we seek peace, we're guilty of treason. I believe that the enemy has launched an all-out attack against the body of Christ. And my heart's cry is really this. God, raise up the church and let it become the fortress of truth that you have called it to be. God, raise up moms and dads, raise up grandparents, raise up young people that would love the truth, that would buy it and would not sell it. Lord, let us not be guilty of backing down. Embolden your people. I told a group where I was preaching, the Lord says you're kitty cats. That's okay, but he's raising up an army of lions. See, the spirit of religion has come and domesticated the people of God. It has tried to polish. It has tried to make them nice when God has called us to be fierce. But you're going to feel tension last Sunday. You're going to feel tension this morning because we're surrounded by a church a church culture that would rather not be enlightened to the war that's raging around us or dare I say the war that's in the church so we have a pastor this past week in California who decided to put on his church board Bruce Jenner is still a man homosexuality is still a sin Culture may change, but the Bible does not. How many of you agree with that? Bruce Jenner is still a man. Homosexuality is a sin. Culture may change, but the Bible does not. I agree with that. Guess what happened this week? His church voted him out. See, we would think, oh my gosh, the world around him came against him and burned the church down. No, his church burned it down from the inside out. See, there's not just a fight for truth out there. There's a fight for truth in here. And the Lord is going to raise up messengers. I keep declaring this. They're not here to stroke you. They're here to provoke you. They're given over to being prophetically correct, not politically correct. We're not here to please man. We're here to please God. So I believe that we're in a season of war in the body of Christ. Jeremiah in his day in chapter 6 and chapter 8, he cried out and said, You are saying peace, peace when there is no peace. You are addressing the wounds of God's people superficially. And I believe God is asking us to take another Sunday, another 45 minutes or so, dive down into the Word of God, ask for the spirit of deception to be broken off of our lives. Lord, if there's any lies that I'm believing, I want deception broken off of my life. Deliverance is about a truth encounter. Deliverance ministry is about a truth encounter. Why? It's the truth that sets us free. So if you need deliverance in your life, in your marriage, in your ministry, how you get there is discovering the lies that you've believed, uprooting them and replacing them with sound biblical truth. 
That Greek word is hygiene, hygienic. We need to take a good soapy bath in the body of Christ. We need to get washed, we need to get scrubbed clean, and we need to ask God to have his way in us. Amen. All right, grab the hand of the person next to you. That was my intro, sort of. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that no person is here by mistake. Lord, I ask that you would arrest every person in this room that they couldn't leave until you want them to leave. Holy Spirit, would you arrest each one of us in this room that you would not let us leave until you want us to leave. God, I'm asking that you would break the power of deception in my life and in anyone's life in this room. We thank you that the truth sets us free. We thank you that the truth is a person. His name is Jesus. So, Lord, come and wake us up, shake us up. Come and encourage us. Come and challenge us. Come and confront us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have there, you're right there, Isaiah chapter 56. I want to begin reading in, um, let's see, let, let's begin reading in verse 9. Again, just a quick review. 2019, I believe God has spoken to me, is the year of the watchman. I believe that God is raising up watchmen in the body of Christ. I ended last week by saying this, and I want to say it again. While the role of a watchman in the Old Testament was given to certain people, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, there were certain prophets that God raised up to be watchmen. In the New Testament, the call to watch and war and warn is given to all believers. People tell me, I'll tell my brother, that's an Old Testament message. No, it's a New Testament message. How many of us know the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion? He's seeking to devour anyone that would submit to him. That's why we watch. That's why we be vigilant. That's why we operate in a sober spirit. The call to watch, the call to warn, the call to war is given to all New Testament believers. But throughout the course of history, sometimes the watchmen in Israel were guilty of failing, or I should say were guilty of fulfilling their assignments. There were times in Israel where the watchmen refused to spare aloud and cry not. There were times in Israel where parents were afraid to tell their children the truth for fear that they would walk away. There was a time in Israel where moral and cultural issues were being challenged and watchmen were afraid to speak the truth for sake of consequence. And Isaiah begins to meddle a little bit. He begins to be facetious, if you ask me. And he says in verse 9, All you beasts of the field, all you beasts in the forest, come to eat. I mentioned last Sunday that in the Old Testament, they would erect these watchtowers. Watchmen would stand upon the walls of the city, and they would look out for the enemy, but watchmen would also watch over the harvest fields. These were men and women who would stand in elevated places when the crops would get ripe, and it was their job to cry out and warn if robbers and thieves would come in and try to steal the harvest. In other words, do you know as parents you have a watchman call? Do you know that the devil wants to come and harvest your children? And he's going to get in however he can get in. See, I feel like the Lord wants me to talk about video game addiction this morning. See, the devil can get to your kids through entertainment, through video game addiction. Well, brother, we're praying, but have you prayed over the television? See, the devil doesn't play fair. A lot of people don't want to hear that, but it takes a vigilant, sober spirit, a prayerful, watchful spirit. I'm thankful for a mother who literally every time we were early for curfew, she was in bed, and every time we were late, she was right on the front door. 
Somehow, some way, she had some sober, vigilant, watchful spirit that she was alert. Do we have any Pentecostal women in here? I mean, your tongue talking, oil throwing. Listen, we need old school. We need that back in the church. We need praying men and women who are not going to stop praying until God answers. I, I, I feel like we have given up too much territory to the devil. I feel like we have laid down. And now we make phrases like, well, that's okay. They're sick with cancer. That's just the way it is. No, where are men and women who will fast and pray for breakthrough? Where are men and women who when their kids are running away from God, mom and dad are running to God? No, it's not okay. We're not going to settle for anything less than the best. See, God wants to breathe hope to His people. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of second chances. There's no son or daughter's heart who is too hard that God can't break in with power and deliver them and set them free. I believe in God. I believe He's a healer. I believe He's a restorer. I believe He's a God of power. He's a God of authority. I believe that the people of God should not be at ease in Zion. I believe that these are days of war. These are days of standing. These are days of literally watching God release a generational blessing in the earth. I told grandparents, I believe there are grandparents in this nation. Your greatest ministry is your grandchildren. I feel a spirit of might is going to come upon a people to your children and their children's children. Well, brother, I'm bored. Get praying. Well, brother, there's nothing to do. Shut off the TV and get in the secret place and begin to war. See, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty to the tearing down of stronghold. That anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God will be seen. See, many of you don't believe. Well, well, they're going to have intercourse, so just hand out condoms. Well, See, I, I, don't, I don't know what you read. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, this is what I read this morning. 11-year-old drag queen dances for dollar bills in gay bar. I read 11 drag queens who are changing the world. Well, brother, that's just in secret. No, this is Good Morning America news. The spirit of the age is literally coming to choke your family. The spirit of the age is literally coming for your kids. And I'm going to tell you the real hard truth. The devil is totally okay with you attending church. I, I, I've cried so many tears that we think radical Christianity is church attendance now. We, we literally, we, we, we have to have conversations with people about attending church. Oh, brother, you're radical because you go twice a week. I think the devil is totally okay with church attendance because there are many people who have good church attendance that will die and go to hell. No real encounter. No real transformation. No real wrestle. Again, as we get into this message, I'm just asking you not to turn me off, but to turn God on. I want you to begin to pray and say, Holy Spirit, if there's something that you're trying to stir up in me, again, I'm here to provoke you, not stroke you. It's totally okay if you're angry with me after the sermon. It's totally okay if we start leaving church wrestling, not being able to sleep at night, saying, Lord, I'm becoming more burdened for my children. I'm becoming more burdened for my co-workers. Lord, someone has to do something. It is a dangerous place to be 
waiting on God to do something when he's waiting on you to do something. God, please break in at my work. Have you ever wondered that's why you're there? God, please, please let my children encounter you. Are you encountering him? What if we begin to apply our radical prayers to our life first? So Isaiah here, getting back to our text, he's just saying, come. Come on, beasts of the field. Come on, devil. Go ahead and just wreak havoc in the church. I mean, just go ahead and do whatever you want, whenever you want. Why? Here he goes. He levies ten indictments on the watchmen of Israel. One, the watchmen are blind. Two, all of them know nothing. Three, all of them are dumb dogs unable to bark. Four, dreamers lying down. Five, who love to slumber. Six, the dogs are greedy. Seven, they're not satisfied. Eight, they're shepherds who have no understanding. Nine, they have all turned to their own ways. Ten, each one has unjust gain to the last one. Come, they say, let us get wine and let us drink heavily of strong drink. And tomorrow will be like today, only more so. Forget the urgency. Another passage says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. See, the spirit of the edge wants to take, excuse me, the spirit of the age wants to take the edge off of a prophetic church. What I'm really trying to tell you is this. Every real prophet in Scripture swam the wrong way. There was a cultural normalcy that would say, hey, let's go this way. The current's flowing this way. And a man or woman of God who had truly been anointed, they start swimming this way. If God has called Heart of the Father ministry to be a prophetic church, guess what? We're going to swim the wrong way. A lot of the times our fiercest enemy, hear me, will not be the world. It will be the church swimming the wrong way. See, many of you, your greatest enemy isn't your boss. It's your lukewarm relative. I almost just said husband. Sometimes the greatest threat to your fire is someone that's around you that's not okay with the fire. See, I wish I could tell you, if you begin to embrace the truth, if you begin to sell out for God, everyone around you, including your family, is going to love it. But here's the truth. Your fire is going to expose their dryness. The truth that you hold on to will cause their demons to manifest. I declare over some of you, there's nothing wrong with you. The truth that you speak is what's causing their demons to manifest. Keep speaking the truth. See, they're going to call you a bigot. They're going to call you a hater. They're going to call you negative. They're going to say, oh, man, why can't we just love everyone? Well, let's talk for a minute about love. What is love? Love speaks the truth. Love doesn't look away from compromise and sin. If you love your son and daughter and they're about to run onto Barto 98 and get hit by a semi, don't you think you would go bananas literally shouting, yelling, chasing after them, clawing, scratching, doing everything that you can to get them out of the clutches of the devil? But the spirit of this age message in the American church is come to church, build up a bank account, have a nice family. Meanwhile, the devil wreaks havoc in our generation. Have you ever heard the boiling frog experiment? Maybe one of the greatest illustrations of what I'm talking about. When you put a frog into a vessel filled with water and start heating the here's the experiment you put a frog into a vessel filled with water and start heating the water as the temperature of the water begins to rise the frog adjusts its body temperature accordingly 
the frog keeps adjusting its body temperature with the increasing temperature of the water. Just when the water is about to reach boiling point, the frog can't jump out anymore. At this point, the frog decides to jump. The frog tries to jump, but is unable to do so because it has lost all its strength in adjusting to the rising temperature. Very soon, the frog dries. I'm going to tell you, much of the church is burned out trying to adjust to the compromise around it. We have become desensitized. I'm telling you, the devil has sown false doctrine like hyper grace. So you can go and sleep around. You can go smash beers at the, at the bar. You can just invite this stuff into your life and still follow Jesus. And what he's done is he has neutralized the church. He has neutered us. We no longer walk in the power and the authority that Jesus died for because there's so much guilt and condemnation on our chest. My encouragement to you this morning is don't you dare adjust your view of the truth for the world around you. Hold on to the truth and don't sell it no matter what it costs you. Jesus said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Some of us just have to get delivered from everyone. We want everyone to like us. Okay, please, if you disagree with me, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, follow Jesus and convince me everyone liked him. Convince me that who hated him the most wasn't church people. I believe in the American church that the American church has been become more of a threat to truth than the world around us. The greatest resistors. I've never met someone who didn't love the truth who wasn't in sin. I have never met someone who didn't love the truth who wasn't in sin. The people that get angry, that mock, that make up excuses, their hatred for the truth is really sin in their life crying out, please let me stay. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't like that guy. Why? He speaks the truth. Brother, there's a man named Jesus. He is the truth. He was a demon buster. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to break the power of deception. Jesus didn't back down from the devil. He knocked him out. He stole the keys. Again, I'm trying to challenge this, this little view of Jesus as this little politically correct, lovey-dovey, just embrace everyone. Come as you are does not mean stay as you are. The love of the Father is transformational. There's no one that's ever truly encountered God that wasn't changed from the inside out. I don't, I don't know, maybe in the Pentecostal charismatic church we're just having emotional experiences, not true Holy Ghost-born encounters. But I am desperate for Heart of the Father ministry to become a fortress of truth. I am desperate to embolden a people to speak up and out about the deception of this day so that little boys like, what, what's his name? Desmond is amazing. Danced on the stage at a New York gay bar while grown men tossed dollar bills at him. Why, why is this the news? Why, why is this the news? Who knows Dr. Michael Brown? 
If you don't know a man like that, you literally need, I give you permission to get on your cell phone and follow him on Twitter. Or Facebook. You, we, we, we are desperate. The church is desperate for men and women who don't care anymore. They don't care about how many likes, how many followers. Again, we're speaking the truth in love. And again, here's the danger in preaching these kind of messages. People walk away from, that, from these kind of messages hearing, Hey, Jeremiah said that I can just walk into work tomorrow and rebuke my boss and get fired. And oh, well, I love the truth. No, we're speaking the truth in love. We're, we're, we're loving people enough. God, give me compassion. I don't believe you're ready to release words of judgment unless you've wept in the secret place. I, I, I think that some people, it's, listen, speaking the truth is not being nasty. Speaking the truth is not, you, we've got to have some, some type of grip on what the Spirit of God is doing in this hour. But let me just, let me start reeling it in. Isaiah in his day, he says, come on devil, come on in, because the watchmen are blind. When watchmen, when moms and dads, when grandparents, when men and women fail to speak out, it becomes a gateway for deception and the power of the devil to break in. The power of the homosexual agenda in America has been granted to it by the church. The power of the homosexual agenda has been granted by the church because of our failure to address immorality in the house of God. No, forget the homosexuals out there. What about the sexual immorality in here? I, I don't even, we're so much, we don't have time to go after the homosexuals. Let's look at our own life. Eight in ten men, Christian men, are bound in pornography. Eighty percent of men in this room are watching porn. But the homosexuals, no brother, we've got to deal with our own stuff right here. This is an hour where we have got to man up. We've got to get the people of God in a place where, Lord, we love the truth. We love Jesus. God, we'll take you however you'll come, but we just want freedom. See, these messages are dangerous because now you realize I'm looking for an army. Hello. I'm looking for an army. No, God is looking for an end time army. God is looking to mobilize the church out of their pews and out of the American dreams and begin to fight for your brothers and sisters. Begin to fight for your marriages. Begin to fight for your children. I know it's hard. Because there's so much distraction, there's so much vegging, there's so much boredom, there's so much of a little of this and a little of that, and let's just stay in the pot and adjust to the temperature, and then when, we're, when the devil hits, it's too late. See, I want to be sowing and praying and being vigilant over my family and my marriage, not just when calamity comes. I want to expose the works of the devil before he strikes and send him on the run. The church is not called to be defensive. We're called to be on the offensive. We have been given keys of authority. I'm calling forth a triumphant church. The devil is a liar. He's a deceiver. He's an accuser. I love Jesus, but I hate the devil. Like people ask me, what, what, what keeps you up at night? I groan over the marriages in this room. I groan over our children that are away from the Lord. I want to get in the secret place and literally pry the hands of the devil off a generation. Lord, wake me up. That, that, that's okay. You want to come to church? You want to give your tithe? You want to have a nice family? I... I mean, you're not living in habitual sin. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll go to heaven. 
But you know, there's going to be a lot of people that went to heaven that never obtained their inheritance. Going to heaven is like number 100 on my list of why I serve God. Fire insurance? I'm not worried about hellfire. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hellfire. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. There's mercy today. There's second chances today. The God of redemption is here today. But I'm telling you, some of us, we've got to get serious and start running down to the altar. We've got to start throwing ourselves up on the altar and saying, Lord, I'm not leaving unless you saturate me in your fire. Some of us have got to ask for fire in the word of God and say, Lord, I want you to break boredom. If I keep falling asleep reading the Bible, I want you to snap me out of it. I'm talking about a tenaciousness and intensity and endurance, a perseverance that will not take no for an answer. I am not the devil's master. As far as I'm concerned, he can shut up and get out. What killed the frog? I know many of us will say the boiling water. The truth of the matter is the thing that killed the frog was its own ability to decide when to jump out. We all need to adjust with people and situations, but we need to be sure when we need to adjust and when we need to move on. I've been fighting God over this. I know it's a hard word, but some of you, it's time to leave your friends. Yes, I believe that there's mass abortion going on in the world, but I also believe that there's mass spiritual abortion going on in the church. Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. She got around Jesus and says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt. Are you hanging around people that are making your baby jump? Or are you hanging around people that are killing your call? See, I want to get around people that when I'm around them, it's like hot, fresh fire. You know, do do you love those people where it's like you love them but you hate them? It's like, ouch! Hey, ouch! I mean, you almost get to the amen, but ouch! Yes, Lord, more! Give me the fire that purifies. See, now we're talking about raising up a whole new army of married people. Lord, I'm not looking for the hottest babe in a bikini. I'm looking for a babe that's going to teach me how to love the truth. And it's going to come from her lips. All of a sudden, the highest goal is not happiness. It's holiness. Lord, give me a mate. Give me a spouse. Give me a man or woman. That's going to conform me into the image of Christ. I'm not giving you a date if you're not Holy Ghost filled. Come on. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you're not spirit filled, sorry, goodbye. I'm not wasting five seconds. They speak in tongues, they'll be a better kisser, anyways. What are we ashamed of? This is not this little light of mine. I'm going to try to hide it so the people around me don't know I know God. You might be their only chance for heaven. You might be the only Bible they ever read. I feel like I woke up this morning, I woke up at 5.30 a.m. feeling like dynamite was in my belly. Lord said, I'm going to put a William Wallace anointing on you today. William Wallace rose up and he said, men of Scotland, I'm here to say men and women of Lakeland. 
The devil might be oppressing your sons and daughters. He might be messing with your husband's head. He might have your grandchildren. But I summon you today under the word of the Lord to rise up and start fighting. Start praying. Start believing. Start hoping. The devil is a liar. They're not too far gone. This is not going to be, oh, here we go again. Get that thinking out of your head and begin to meditate upon the truth of God's word. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm not believing any report but God's report. It's not okay. It's not okay. The sickness in the church, the compromise in the church, it's not okay. That's not what Jesus died for. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care how offended people don't want to be. I want Jesus. I want to see people set free. I want to learn how to worship in spirit and in truth. I'm telling you, we've, we've created these cultures where people are waiting to get free by hearing a sermon when I'm prophesying to you that an age is coming to the church where they won't need a sermon. They will get set free during the worship because God is going to teach the body of Christ how to worship in spirit and in truth. You know that's how that's going to happen? We're going to start worshiping about God and not ourselves. The lyrics of music are going to change. They are going to be cross-centered. They are going to be God-exalting. We are going to lift the name of Jesus up so high that every devil in hell will suffocate in this room. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. He came to set the captives free. He came to bring liberty to the freedom. Come on, get up and give the Lord a shout of praise. Jesus! Jesus! Come on, we've got to fight. We've got to fight. We've got to stand. telling you this is real revival when you start fighting for your marriage when you start fighting for your family that's what scares the devil you can have all your extended meetings you can have all your falling all over the floor but if you can't take it out the door stop falling on the floor I want to raise up men and women of God who their children love them. It's not, oh, I'm 18 and I can't wait to leave. It's 18 and mom and dad, will you let me stay? I want to raise up marriages. They're like, you can't keep them off each other. I mean, they're madly in love. It's almost like, get a room. We are called to model to the world what they were born for. We were born for intimacy. We were born with connection with God. Do not settle for anything less than God's best. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord. And just say, God, do it in me. Let's just take two minutes and say, Holy Spirit, would you release your fire? Holy Spirit, would you release your love? Let me fight again. Let me hope again. Let me believe again. <clears throat> Come on, saints, lift up your voices. All power, all authority. 
It's time to take back territory this morning. It's time to tell the devil to get out. It's time to get free from depression. It's time to get free from sickness. He came to set the captives free. Come on, call him out by name. Call him out by name. Devil, you can't have him. You can't have her. Call him out by name. Come on, if you have a prayer language, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're building ourselves up in our most holy faith. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Let's begin to tear down strongholds in the spirit realm. Believe that there's moments of deliverance that can happen now. Our, our Father, our Father, all in heaven, all your name. Come on, come on. I'm telling you, there's breakthrough that's here this morning. Come on, these altars are open. I'm telling you, you need to fight for your family. You need to fight for your marriage. You need to fight for your grandchildren. I'm just going to open it up tonight, this morning. Just go ahead. If you feel stirred, you can kneel. If you feel stirred, you can stand. I might not be done yet, but let's just keep praying. Let's just keep worshiping. Come on, there's baptisms of the Holy Ghost that are coming now. The Lord is going to begin to fill your mouth with a new language, with a new song. Songs of deliverance. Prayers of breakthrough. Gospel messages being put inside of you. go right into it our father all of heaven you sing, you sing that one yeah come on the Lord wants to release a roar in this room there's a roar that's going to come out of the people of God this year Sing louder.
I've asked Allison to sing a song. Talks about God raising up an army. I believe that God is raising up an end time army in the earth that will be lovers of the truth. We're going to sing this song and just let God move, but I want you to hear me. I'm calling a spontaneous service tonight at 6 o'clock. We've never done this before in the history of the church, but I'm telling you, I have a prophetic message that I haven't even got into. There's no pressure, there's no manipulation, but at 6 o'clock tonight, if you want to come, I'm going to preach. Maybe we'll have some worship. (laughs) I'm going to be doing prophetic ministry, but I believe God wants to strike while the iron's hot. We need to rout the devil and send him fleeing. Some of you can't wait another weekend to get in the secret place and begin to deal with the devil and kick him out. It's time to serve him notice. You're trespassing on the blood of Jesus and it's time for you to get out of here. So let's worship. Let's war tonight at 6 o'clock. Let's go for God.